Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Welcome to the Reggae Lover Podcast. Reggae Lover Podcast. This is Khalil Wanda. And I'm Agard. What's up, folks? It's Memorial Weekend 2020. Mm-hmm. Inside the heart of the lockdown, the quarantine. Though some people are back to regular normal activities. You know what I'm saying? Definitely. A lot of those videos out there, I'm seeing it. A lot of funny business with the numbers going on, but... This is not that podcast. <laughs> yeah, man. We just beg of you, please stay safe and be smart. Yeah, man. Definitely. Yeah, man. So we got a great show coming up today. We're talking about, of course, that which everyone is talking about right now in the world. And that is Versus TV's Swiss Beats and Timberland's platform, which featured Beanie versus Bounty or Bounty versus Beanie. Yeah, man. It was amazing, but we'll get into that. So we're going to have our full recap, review. We're going to unpack that event and all of the surrounding drama, because there has been some. It's it's Mm -hmm. been an incredible week leading up to that event. And now the fallout, you know, there's just so much to talk about. So we'll get into that in a bit. Shouts out to um, NiceUpRadio.com. Big up to all the NiceUpRadio listeners. Thank you so much for tuning in. And um, big ups to all the support you done know. This week, in the world of reggae music, we're mourning the loss of one of the icons in the business, Bobby Digital, founder of Digital B Records and Heatwave Sound System. Yeah, man. Big, big, big loss. Rest in peace to Bobby Digital and condolences to his family. I know he's got uh, one of his sons who's a budding artist right now as well. I know the label will continue on and, you know, the legacy is large. But the loss of Bobby Digital is uh, certainly a, a tremendous loss. Agar, what, what comes to mind when you, when you think about Bobby Digital and, and Digital B in terms of yeah. his contributions and legacy? Well, first of all, I mean, he's a, a, a product of the, the King Jammers system, right? 
So a lot of work being done that that was done there, you know, a lot of engineering duties there. But my most my most memorable and formative uh, memories are his work with Shaba, definitely his mm. work with Shaba and his work with Garnet Silk. I think, yeah. you know, I mean the list is is incredible. So and the third one would be Sizzler. You know, what I'm saying one one right. one person mentioned to me he's the only one that could kind of wrangle Sizzler into a good album <laughs> that was mm. the joke that that was made but um i mean i mentioned to you you know any any of the what, what is it they call lick over rhythms yeah uh any of the rhythms that you know are historical you know reggae rhythms that were remade i feel like most of them if not all you know um bobby digital made the best versions definitely the most lively versions the 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 i don't know the way that he mixed down his tracks you know what I'm saying? It's like they have different dimensions to them, you know, especially with the early Shaba stuff. Right. So I was, uh, you know, telling my son, who's big Bad Bunny fan, he's listening to all this reggaeton. I'm like, you know, Bobby Digital passed away. So I had to school him, you know, on whole how Bobby Digital is the father of reggaeton <laughs> because he's the creator of the Dem Bow uh, single and rhythm, basically the basis of the entire reggaeton genre. Um, I immediately think of couple of rhythms for some reason head to toe rhythm i don't know why yeah i mean was there a version before frankie paul head to toe digital b wasn't that all yeah Bobby i don't digital right there? yeah i don't remember there being an earlier version than that yeah yeah so i mean that's big and then the other one is a roping rhythm mm-hmm. you know so foundation studio on rhythm but when he remade that in the 90s with you know coco t love me truly and Sanchez, Leave Out of Babylon, and Garnet Silk, Man is a Man, and you know what I'm saying, Tony Rebel, and all those dudes on that rhythm, yo. That rhythm still warms up every dance. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. Classics. Every song got dubs on that, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's like one of um, King Eddie's anthem rhythms, you know what I'm saying, with the Capletons and all that. Till this day, those get massive forwards, yo. So there's no shortage of hits, memories, and experiences throughout the years coming from the production out of that record label we got to hear his sound system play out recently at the vinyl um, presentation of uh, vp records um, record store day a few years ago and he brought the dub plates out and man the quality of those dub plates is just unbelievable yeah it's ridiculous i remember when i was younger you know every now and then i would get like a heat wave tape and it was just so clean. And like the Shabbas on them, oh my God. Like, you know, nobody could cut Shabba like like them. Yeah, man. Definitely. In terms of buzzworthy, we're gonna talk a lot about the clash that happened last night. Um Swiss Beats calls it the educational experience, the celebrational experience, you know what I'm saying? If you don't wanna <laughs> call it a clash. Um that took place on versus TV. So in terms of our tastemaker this week. I still want to. So let's take a break to talk about one of our great sponsors. I tell you what, I was listening to an audio book about Bob Marley on Audible entitled So Much Things to Say. Mm-hmm. It's an oral history written and performed by Roger Steffens. He spent time down in Jamaica interviewing everybody, including Marley and everybody that was around him. So I'm talking Rita Marley, Skill Cole, 
film crews that were down filming him, you know, all the members of the Whalers. He's having these conversations in these interviews that he also collected while he was doing the radio shows. He put all this information into a book. What's so great about it is it, it just immerses you into the experience, quoting Peter Bunny, the incidents that happened with Bob getting shot, the concert when he brings the two political leaders on stage. And so you really get the excitement, the energy of what is going on. That book right there, I strongly recommend it to any reggae lover, anybody that's into Bob Marley, and we have a special deal. Go to Audible and get a free book, free trial of Audible. Visit audibletrial.com slash reggae lover, and there you can grab a free copy of this book. And the reason why I like Audible is because I like to learn new things, but sometimes I don't have time to read a book. I don't have time to sit there and leaf through the pages because I got work to do. So I like to listen to books in the car. If I'm riding a bike, just taking a walk in the neighborhood. There's so many different ways that you can actually learn new information or be entertained. You know, me personally, I like nonfiction. I like biographical stuff. So Audible is a great tool to use in order to take in that information and still go along with your day. Audible, they have the best narrators. You know, you're able to keep where you're at in the book. It's a very convenient way to take in new information and be entertained. Visit audibletrial.com slash reggae lover. So much things to say. The title by Roger Steffens, Oral History of Bob Marley. I urge everyone to go and check out Leela Ike's EP, The Experience. If you haven't discovered that yet, if you haven't spent some time with it, I suggest that you do that. You know what I'm saying? It's definitely a great, great body of work. Seven singles fit for the summer, you know? We usually talk about like what's going to be hot for the summer. That's going to be one of the things on my playlist personally. In addition to that, this summer, you know, at some point, Upside Down is going to drop the Bujabantan album. And that's mm-hmm. anticipated. So, of course, we'll be bumping that when it's available. Um, in addition, I'm still listening to Mortimer, yo. Yeah, Mortimer's Fight the Fight EP, award-winning EP right there. I think that's still very much relevant. And I think that's, that's classic. That's an instant classic. So that one's going to be bumping with me. For the summer as well. Um, what about you, man? I mean, yeah, I need to check out Leela's album again. And you know me, I'm, I'm a sound system guy. So, you know, whatever sound mixes come out, whatever lives come out, whatever clashes online online or otherwise, you know, yeah, I'm like a broken record, but uh, that's where I get my vibes from. All right, cool, cool. Other thing I wanted to mention, guys, I was recently featured on podcast called the vault just classic music reviews did a, a album review um their first reggae review because it's really a classic hip-hop show but they're expanding a little bit now um invited me on to talk about the 20th anniversary of capleton's more fire album and just that in itself is crazy to me like yo that came out may 16 2000 <laughs> two decades ago that one dropped 20 singles on the album. So we talked, you know, talked through that. I was also on another episode of that when, you know, they featured me as a podcaster. So I got to talk a little bit about what we do here on Reggae Lover. Definitely if you're into classic music, as I'm sure you are. Please definitely check that one out. And um, that'll get you some good content for the quarantine as well. Yeah, that's crazy. 20 years ago. That's, that's ridiculous. I, I just uploaded the, the Fever, the mixtape. Mm-hmm. that we dropped in early 2000 
And a lot of a couple of those Capleton singles from that album are on that mix. So we're talking like Belly Ass Rhythm and you know what I'm saying, Street Sweeper and The Bug. <laughs> the Bug Part Two and, and and Headache Rhythm and you know what I'm saying? Um time time capsule business right there, y'all. Yeah, man. Are we gonna talk sound clash this week? Sound clash. I mean there's the quarantine clashes going on literally as we record. It just ended. I looked on the screen and it looks like mystical youths out of Israel just beat Glockwork Posse from uh, Germany. Wow. I was trying to, I was, you saw me look at my phone. I was trying to go on my phone to confirm that. I couldn't uh, confirm that. Yeah. It looked like it was very close because they pulled up the, um, the votes on the screen and it looked like it was very, very close. So in the final, it looks like it's going to be Cheeky Dubs from Panama versus Mystical Youths from uh, Israel. You know, I'll, 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 I'll give it a strength, as the Jamaicans say. But everybody I was rooting for are not in the clash anymore. Yeah. Very, very, very interesting. Yeah. So as we record this, um, I think the, uh, the finale is next, next Sunday. Um, so, and I believe it's a pay-per-view. You get that at soundclash.com. I know, I know they're not paying for any commercials here, but, uh, Walshie's a good friend. So, you know, yeah. Shout out to Walshie, Matia, the whole crew. And culminating with a pay-per-view event, um, whereas yeah. the earlier rounds were free. Right. And then, um, the, they actually have early bird or they had early bird specials. So the first one was five, then seven then it's going to be 10. I mean, it's not going to break the bank, but, you know, it's a little something to support the thing, you know? Yeah, I guess. Well, yeah, I hope it goes well. Uh, I'm sure it will. I'm still debating whether or not. And yeah, I'm going to support it. I'm going to support it. Yeah, man. Yo, I haven't been able to really get into the live situation. You know, like, so I did set aside time to watch the Bounty and Beanie Clash. You know what I mean? Had it up on the TV in the living room. Which was a good, it's a good thing I did that. Because if you're just watching it on your phone, I think everybody that I know definitely yeah. had it streaming on the TV. I had my sound bar on, you know, bass turned up, you know? Yeah, man. It was cool, man. The whole the whole family was there watching it together. You know what I'm saying? I was busting blanks. At one point, you know, I, I leaped over the couch and, and ran around the whole <laughs> downstairs and came back. <laughs> Yeah, you know what I mean. It was very, very entertaining, man. And I got to tell you, my expectations. And um, if you talk to to Jen, if you talk to my wife, you know she'll tell you. I was checking her expectations the whole week. I was like, look, we don't know how they're gonna do this. They're saying with lives, you never know. You know, it could be a Teddy Riley situation. It could be where, <laughs> you know what I mean. Connect connections are choppy, and you can't really hear, you can't really see, but. To our surprise, we turned on and the early warm was coming through with uh, Richie D um, alongside Kurt Riley, both with laptops set up and both playing tunes. And it was like, okay, well, this is sounding and looking good right now. And then we saw the, you know, Beanie Man and Bounty Killer both step into the picture in front of the sound stage, and they each had microphones that were tuned up very well. Yeah, and it was a you know consistent feed the whole time, and for the first time on the versus platform, the two artists were in the same room, face to face, and technically speaking, they had 
some of the top DJs in the business each, you know, behind them playing the songs for them. So they didn't have to try to become selectors all of mm-hmm. a sudden. And <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So all those potential um, downfalls and pitfalls were overcome and done away with. It was planned out very well. Um, so that's the setup. I'll let you go. Yeah. And uh, very early on, early out in the stream, um, it actually got kicked off for a second. And I think uh, mm-hmm. I saw Timbaland in the comments referencing this. And, you know, I haven't confirmed this, but basically um, he kept on saying 90 second rule, 90 second rule. And I think what that's referring to um, before I talk about the actual um, clash, um, I think that what that refers to is if a song is played for less than 90 seconds, I don't th- I think the, the Instagram algorithm doesn't kick you out. I think maybe a song went too long or something or some, something happened. So I haven't confirmed yeah. that, but I think that's what, what he was referring to. So early out, like it got kicked off. And then after that, every, it was so smooth that we forgot. Cause I, I don't know if you got, right. Kicked, yeah. I did forget. Yeah, until yeah. You just mentioned Right. That. Yeah. Yeah. But so, I remember there was that Diana King song, like bounty played bounty killer alongside Diana King. And, um, and I felt like, you know, maybe Diana King reported us, <laughs> reported us to IG. <laughs> yeah, like nah, I think I think they played it. A, I think they played a little bit too long because that song, I believe, Bounty didn't come in until really late in the song. So they had mm-hmm. to play it longer. Um, and that and as soon as I logged back on, it was already almost 300,000 um, back in there. Yeah. Um, that's, that's the first thing, you know, we're just setting things up. Um, another thing that I learned is... Um, because, so I was cat, I was mirroring my phone to the TV and my wife Mm -hmm. was actually watching on her phone as well. And one thing I realized and what people don't realize is most of the comments that are coming through because there are hundreds of thousands of people are only people that are verified. And then people who are influencers within your circle, your algorithm, you know what I mean? Mm. So not everybody's seeing the same comments. So that's one thing because, you know, and we'll get into that later. But um, but yeah, so it's very interesting as same as you, my expectations were super low because I hadn't up until last night been able to get through any of the verses. You know what I'm saying? There's been okay. sub quality audio um, pacing is different or just the genre overall. You know, I didn't feel like I'll be able to like, you know be interested in it for like, I don't know, let's say 40 songs. You know, that's a long, Mm -hmm. that's a long time. Um, so yeah, I was surprised with the, the setup. It was like a real, like they made sure they warmed it up. It was like a dance environment. Like it was like a real concert experience. You know what I'm saying? I was surprised. Like, look, I don't expect anything from anything or anybody. I go in with zero expectations, because, you know, so I was surprised that, like, literally after it happened, like, I, I, I felt like, I don't know, you, you know, when you go to a comedy show or something and, like, there's that release of laughter and, like, you feel those chemicals, you know what I mean? Like, that's yeah, how yeah, I felt. Endorphins. I, yeah, it was like, it was like, it was crazy because, you know, there was songs that I had forgotten about. You know, there was, there was stuff that took me back to when I was, a, you know, teenager. You know what I'm saying? Like when Beanie Man played, you know, the song Murderer with Barrington. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. With Barrington Levy, right? Yeah. Um, 
yeah, I'm I'm remembering Labor Day, seeing LP sounds string up. You know what I'm saying? Like stuff like that. You know what I mean? So, yeah. you know, a lot of memories, a lot of memories. Yeah, man. So overall, in terms of the verified accounts, you know, from what I could see, uh, you know, there was Rihanna. Of course, Diddy was in there. This was the first Versus that was sponsored um, by Ciroc. So, you know, the question comes up like, hey, do you think that people get paid to do Versus? And according to Swiss Beats, you know, they haven't gotten paid. Um, and I don't think that anybody before the artists themselves, I think they were all doing it for the love. But for some reason, I feel like Bounty and Beanie might have got paid for last night. That's just, that's not confirmed, but <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I just feel like since it was sponsored and, um, you know, it was such a, a like unique vibe for whatever reason, I feel like they could have. But anyway, so, yeah, Diddy was in there. Ludacris was in there. Um, Erica Badu was in there. D-Nice was in there. Uh, Major Hype, DJ Khaled, Charlemagne. Uh, Buju Banton was in there commenting. So Stoneboy, you know what I'm saying? Um, so a BET Network, H, um, Hot 97, Vibe Magazine, Billboard. Um, yeah, that's, you know, I mean, who the, I saw. Yeah, I mean, I saw Damian Marley was in there. The craziest thing was a song is playing with, like, say, like the Massive B track with, you know, Smith & Wesson, a.k.a. Coco Brothers. And, like, you see Bobby Condor's comments, you know what I'm saying? Or, the Dam- or, like, something with Damian Marley and, like, Damian would, you know, comment or, you know what I'm saying? There was a lot of that going on. That was, it was very interesting. A lot of me- media personalities, like, uh, um, uh, what is... What is the 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 Caribbean girl that that you like her podcast? Uh, the outspoken one, Amanda Amanda Seals is Amanda it? Seals, yeah, Amanda yeah, yeah. Seals, yeah, yeah. She really. was in there clowning a little bit, you know, what I'm saying um, Carrie Hilson, like the the it was just crazy. Um, it felt like I was actually at an event, but yeah, it was very interesting to watch the comments, you know, and then every now and then. You know, somebody would say something funny like, yo, they could be, you know, dissing my entire family. I wouldn't I wouldn't know it because I don't understand <laughs> understand the lyrics. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Buster Rhymes just came to yeah, mind. Yeah. He was in there as well. It felt like the entire world was there. I mean, I heard the figure. So when I was looking at it, I think the, the number that went up to at any one point was about 370,000 people. But I think the um, global impressions... I've heard the number go around, uh, it's 3.7 actually. Yeah. So that yeah. means that from what the, the, the highest live that I saw at one time was about 470. And that's the figure that, that Swiss beats quoted. Um, but actually, then the yeah, it was 470. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Um, so then the 3.7 million would have been like the amount of people, I guess that checked in at one point or another. Right. And that makes sense. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, like you were saying, like in my house, it was playing on my computer um, on the TV. But then I I have it on my phone on my other account and my wife has it on her phone as well. You know what I'm saying? And Yeah. So that kind of thing was going on as well. So no telling. I'm sure there was millions of people. Let's put it that way. Right. And there was restreams on like other platforms. I know there was like um, restreams on Twitch and, and YouTube. 
Uh, it was, yeah, it's an amazing amount. Like I've seen some some weird graphics to where somebody streamed uh, it to another platform. Yeah, it's it was a lot of stuff going on. Um, I'm sure that number is a lot higher. Right. Yeah, man. So let's get into the actual event now. Yeah, you were keeping score. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I tried I, to I, keep yeah, score. I didn't even like try. It, <laughs> it dawned on me that that should be, you know, something that I do. Whereas yeah. with when I, the other one that I watched was RZA versus DJ Premier, and I, I didn't really keep score. Yeah. Other than like mental note. Yeah, the vibe. Yeah. So in this one, I had it as a win for Bounty Killer. Most people do. I think Beanie Man may have won like eight or nine rounds. So it wasn't like a landslide. It started out like very heavy Bounty Killer like all the way mm -hmm. and Beanie yeah. Man made a comeback. Um, I think that um, one of the cool things was when they went live on the Showtime Rhythm. Yeah. So Beanie was... Man had his DJ, um, Kurt Riley, play Showtime. And he DJed his song live, Hypocrite. And I, I believe he did it because the song is full of expletives. <laughs> so he censored it the way that he delivered it live over the rhythm. Mm -hmm. And then, um, not that it has to be censored on that platform, but I noticed that that's what they were doing, probably because of the Jamaica, the whole right. Jamaica thing. Yeah, Bounty was doing the same thing too. Yeah. So they were being very respectful in that in that way. So yeah, so... Beanie Man sings that, then Bounty comes in on the rhythm behind him and does Eagle and the Hawk. And that's when I jumped up and ran around the living room. <laughs> yeah, that exchange. I, yeah. By the time I came back, it was like a couple songs had gone by from what I and yo, that was probably the highlight of the whole the whole experience. I yeah, was that energy was ridiculous. I mean at that point. I think anybody who, well, obviously people are still keeping score, but I think at that point it, it was just like, yo, this is a good showcase. You know what I mean? It's a good showcase of the talent. It was a good showcase of the music. Like, I really didn't care who won, you know what I'm saying? Like, even from the beginning, you know what I'm saying? I just wanted to be entertained. But yeah, that was one of my highlights as well. Another highlight was the the police officer. You know what I'm saying? I, I did a, po a little update on my, on my Facebook about this. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like how I handled it. But then since, you know, it's kind of like sports, right? You see the replay. Yeah. Somebody posted a video of like a closer uh like it's cropped in closer of the two uh artists reaction when the cop came in and it's yeah. like beanie man is trying to be like diplomatic and i feel like bounty killer like he wanted to rush him and then realized like okay i can't rush him so let me go somewhere else like he was <laughs> he was very 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 upset and i i didn't see that in the first viewing you know it's okay. like somebody somebody you know played that clip back and it's like yo yo bounty looked like like warlord you know what I'm saying he was ready to you know what i'm saying say a bunch of stuff but he, he just stepped aside and let beanie handle it right and beanie did a great job of negotiating you know he was funny he was twanging which is softening his patois yeah, to yeah. a an americanized english standard version <laughs> that yeah. sounds funny to hardcore jamaicans but he was just like you know do do you want to this is like the big quote, right? Do you want to be that guy <laughs> to the cop? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, oh, so, man. I mean, if anybody listening to it to this hasn't seen it yet, which which is doubtful, but if you haven't, at a certain part, part during the show, I guess they're in a studio somewhere in Kingston, 
And, um, you know, I saw other, like I saw Beanie Man and, and other people on IG before the, 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 the event happened. And it seems like they're in a comp- compound, but you know, there's a lot of people outside, you know, a lot of cars, a lot of, like there's a crowd. So I'm guessing mm-hmm. the police came, you know, because they're like, what's going on here? So I guess he didn't get the memo. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully he wasn't looking for a little, you know, pocket change at that at that moment. Maybe somebody took care of him that way. <laughs> right. So the show was able to continue after yes. that interruption. And but the they funny, made it the, entertaining. Yeah, and the funny thing is like Swiss is like, yo, keep it going, keep it going. The comments, like Swiss is like, don't stop. Don't stop the energy. <laughs> <laughs> Other thing that was great, Bounty Killer with the dub plates. Yeah, that was hilarious. Bounty Killer cut his own dubs <laughs> for the Versus TV platform, calling Beanie Man's name, referring to him as Fashini. <laughs> Yo. And then I saw people in the comments were like, people were listening, people picked up the lyrics and everything. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I was like, yo, this is, this is fabulous. This is tremendous. Yeah, that was definitely another moment because he did it twice. Uh, once he did it with just the dub plate, and then the, the next time he did it, it was the uh, intro. Yeah, and then he went into that uh, dance the rhythm. Yeah, the dance rhythm or whatever, and he got a shock because he thought, okay, this is the knockout blow, and then Beanie Man just started DJing on the rhythm. Right, you know, that was an amazing part of it as well. <laughs> just just goes to show you, man. I mean, all these people who have to have certain. Uh, a certain environment and, and the rhythm has to be a certain way. Gotta have like, my TV track with my DJ, yo, with my engineer. All this stuff. And it's like, look, the reason why some of us of a certain age go back to that era and point out certain things is because you have to be versatile. I mean, even the tracks that they played like um like Nuff Gal and and what was the other one that Bounty had that was that was similar. Remember? Because you know, you know how it starts. It's like the you know yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The, the rhythm you know and you know my wife is like what i've never heard this you know it's like yeah. yes like that's the creativity that was the that 90s. used to happen yeah bounty's yeah. um beanie's album was called maestro he had opera yeah. on the exactly. album exactly yeah exactly <laughs> you know what i mean if you saw him perform back in those days he would tap dance at one point in the show you know what I'm saying? So you're yeah. getting a lot of various styles. It's not just the one style of rhythm that, like, nowadays it's just like, man. Yeah. And everything I like, sounds so similar. I like the fact that they played some of the hip-hop crossover stuff in the beginning. I mean, I got yeah. a little bit worried, like, yo, is this what it's going to be? Um, but, you know, I like the fact that they played that in the beginning, like, um, you know, played a, just to clear things up. They they played a, a Gorilla Black alongside uh, who is it? Bounty Beanie. Beanie Beanie, right? And you know, people are like, oh, is that Biggie? You know, it's it's Gorilla Black. But you know, what I'm saying stuff like that to where it's like people may may not be aware of those tracks. You know, yeah. what I'm saying even playing like the stuff produced by by Timbaland, stuff produced by the Neptunes. Stuff you know, what I'm by saying Swiss himself. yeah, stuff with Swiss. I believe you know, Swiss they both had Swiss beef tracks yeah yeah and there. swiss you know had verses <laughs> and then you had um the y club yo the fuji stuff man yo, yo that was another right. highlight for me yo son. when they play that fuji track <sighs> yo, yo the bounty killer with the fuji's yeah yo, i was beating my yeah, couch that up, was yo. my first big forward still yeah 
That was early, yeah. And then, yeah, for me, like, the Beanie Man Maya, it was like, yo, Bounty couldn't... Bounty don't have nothing to go for. <laughs> to go. Yeah, nah. Yo, the Beanie Man Maya, how many parties, yo? How many clubs, you know what I'm saying, did that just... Ridiculous. That just took you there, you know what I'm saying? Like, Be- yo. Beanie Man, T.I., Beanie Man with Neptune's production. Come on now. And I mean, the Beanie I, on the I, Fiesta rhythm. So those were like some of the ones that I gave to Beanie. Like, yo. Yeah. And I forgot some of those. I, I definitely forgot some of those. And tell you the truth, I'm going to be real honest, full disclosure. I don't remember ever hearing that Bounty Diana King ever before in my life. Do you yo, remember re- that song? Yeah, I, I remember it. But it's not like, it was not a big deal. It wasn't, yeah, yeah. you know what I'm saying? That's like, yo, if you listen to Bounty's albums... I'm not sure if that was on Bounty's album or not, but if you listen to his albums from back then, my experience, he had mad collabs, yo. Like, those albums were filled with hip-hop, R&B, and reggae dancehall collaborations, yo. Yeah. Those albums were, like, mad, I don't want to say mad commercial, but you know what I'm saying? Like, he had features, just like anybody else did, you know what I'm saying, with a big album at the time. Yeah, and what's coming out now is, like, how many people actually do enjoy and are part of the the culture like even somebody like swizz you know he's referenced you know being in jamaica in the early 2000s and you know seeking out and doing production with with people um mm-hmm. you know khaled is another one you know what i'm saying definitely used to be a big reggae dj in, in miami and have links to to jamaica you know and there was a couple artists in there that i was like oh okay okay you know what's good all right you know so yeah this this was very good for that yeah, I think this is excellent to have right now when this is going to be that year where we, we didn't have Carnival and there's a lot of those, you know, best of the bests and, you know, a lot of these type of things are just canceled. <laughs> so I think this, not that it made up for it, but I think that for, for the quarantine so far, this has been the best entertainment. This is the best quarantine event so far, hands down. Yeah, definitely. Easily. No, no doubt about it. Yeah, man. So big up to Jamaica for almost half a million people. On the live at one time, I saw the the zone. Swiss Beats was referring to the zone. So after the live, he went on his IG live, and he was giving his immediate reaction to the clash. And so Swizz, you know, was saying it's all about the love, and you know, what I'm saying it's an educational experience, it's a celebrational experience. That's what the platform is about. So at that point, he began to refer to Tony Mataron and Major Hype and Timbaland was just kind of lost in the sauce but yeah, yeah so he kind of gave a little recap for Tim but um you know Swiss Beats is quoted as saying he cried you know what I'm saying while the event was going on you know for him it's absolutely the best one Timbaland didn't say that but I'm sure if he's being honest that's what it is <laughs> yeah 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 yeah. yeah, man. So then he brought on guests such as after Timbaland, there was um, Sammy T from Mighty Crown was on there. DJ Clark Kent, DJ and producer Clark Kent was on there. I think there were some other people as well. In terms of Clark Kent, one of the things he said was that at this point, they've raised the bar so high that they have to have face to face versus from now on. You know what I'm saying? Like, can you imagine how can you go back to how they were doing it before? Oh, they will. i don't think they probably don't have a choice yeah they don't have a choice but it just honest you know honestly the level of energy is not going to be there and i was watching also the fact that the versus tv account had about well they had about four hundred thousand new followers in the last week leading up to the event so if you look at their profile now 
Yeah, I was, I was one of them as well yeah. on a couple of my IG accounts. So if you look at their IG now, it says a million followers. Whereas last week, this time, it was, you know, maybe five, 600,000 followers. Yeah, and I think the good thing they did this time was they actually had it on that account. Whereas before, you know, the artist had it on their account and then they would add in somebody else. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So this is the first that I've seen. I don't know if they did it before this. Because I think originally it was supposed to be starting on Beanie Man's account or something. But right. I think rightfully so, they they um, they um did it on their account. You know, it's it's amazing. It's amazing. Like, they, this kind of proves the amount of respect that, that at least Swizz. I don't know about Tim, but at least Swizz has for and knows about the culture. You know, he knew. Like, it was a no-brainer. He knew, mm-hmm. first of all, to get the sponsorship. He knew to um, have it go on the Verse account, Verse's account. Not only that, you know what I'm saying? He, like, I follow Rory Stonelove as well. So mm-hmm. Rory Stonelove um, posted during the week that he'll be the official after party. So he actually, mm-hmm. he was, um, I guess he's quarantining in Christiana. I don't know if he, he lives in Christiana now, but he drove back to Kingston just to mm. do the after party um there were some technical issues there but it, it went off though i saw a clip i believe it could have been where rory was with damian marley and baby sham and i think somebody like dj sparks and a bunch of people big big group of people and they were just having a dance they were just <laughs> yeah everybody had cups and was just you know what i'm saying giving forwards and stuff like that when rory was playing and stuff so yo the impact of this it's huge. You know, one of the things Swiss says, Jamaica is uh they call it a third world country. But now look at this. You know, look. Right. Look at the look at the numbers, yo. Look at the hype. Look at your internet. Jamaica was the number one trending on Twitter. Yeah, man. It's and I'm I'm gonna talk about some of those numbers too. But um uh yeah, just let me know whenever you want to get into that other thing. <laughs> yeah, no, let's get into that now, man. Yeah, so let's just say the lead up to this had some people feeling some type of way. And I'm going to I'm going to be respectful to everybody involved. You know, I have my own opinion. Um but I have to ex- accept accept that um not everybody is like me. You know what I'm saying? You and I have had many conversations and you know, in terms of expectations from people or um I'm not going to say I have no expectations, but I have very low expectations from people, especially when it comes to the topic of support. Support, it's a very emotional topic for a lot of people. So needless to say, like this is a historical moment in time, and I think most people saw it as such. But I think some people who have been pushing the culture for quite a long time in their own way felt some type of way. Now particularly who were highlighted were Major Hype and Tony Maturon. Now, this is not like a gossipy thing. This is just um, something I want to bring to light because it it highlights some of the issues that we have internally as a reggae community. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And um, it's it's also very relevant because if you watched the event, Swiss Beats did directly comment you know, live during the event and, you know, he had words for, for these people that were, you know, so, you know what I'm saying? You may have seen that and not known what was going on. As a matter of fact, that's what happened with Timbaland. He, he didn't know what was going on. Yeah. But, you know what I'm saying? But yeah, go ahead. So a little bit of background. So Major Hype has been, first of all, if, you, if you're if you not aware of Major Hype, if you're just a, 
um, listener to this podcast, you're not really aware of regular Caribbean culture to that extent. Um, a little bit of background, major hype, you know, has been around the reggae community, the Caribbean community. I mean, he is Caribbean. He won't say which part of the Caribbean he's from. I suspect he's Jamaican, but um, he um, he's been an artist. He's been a, a soundman, like a selector, a DJ. He's been a comedian for the past few years. Has garnered a lot of attention um, from all over the world for his comedy because he has a mostly Caribbean style. Um, has a lot of impressions, can master of, of uh, accents. So during the quarantine, major hype because he has all these different talents and connect connections. He said, "You know what? He's going to use his IG live to host clashes, sound sound clashes, um, have interviews with people. You know, just talk about stuff in history. You know, it's been." A little bit less comedy, and a lot more commentary, a lot more um, music driven stuff like he's actually been, you know, doing mixes and, and mixing live on his IG. So when this came out, I, look, I, I may have a podcast and we may, may have been doing this for many years, but I, at this point, I consider myself a little bit of an outsider because I'm not in all of these different circles. So what I didn't know at the time is for about a month before this major hype has been trying to get together something like this with artists. So he was already doing a sound clash thing with sound systems and DJs, but he was trying to go around and do the same thing with artists. And basically a lot of doors were slammed in his face. So when this came out that Versus was doing Bounty and Beanie, he felt some type of way because and it wasn't towards Swiss, and it wasn't towards Timbaland, it wasn't towards Versus. I now understand this. I didn't understand it before. His beef was within his own community. You know, whether it be artists, um, producers, promoters, like anybody in the industry that he, he reached out to, basically it was a hard no. So he was very frustrated. So when this came out that this was happening, he voiced his frustration. Now, separate, f- separate from that, Tony Maturon, when he found out about this, took a different angle as to why he had a problem with this. So basically, Maturon's view was, and he basically used the word sellout. He thought that the artists were selling out the culture, going to foreigners, quote unquote, to, I, I, guess, I don't know. He was saying that basically they sold out and, you know, them, I'm not a Jamaican, but he was saying them as Jamaicans should be using Jamaicans. And, you know, he took a kind of like a nationalistic approach to it. So what happened is the reason why Swiss Beats called these two out is because at one point, Maturon has been making his rounds around social media with these inf- inf- interviews and speaking out. And he happened to go on Major Hypes Live. Now, what okay. happened there is these two seemingly similar opinions kind of converged. And what I found out recently is that, you know, Swiss Beats is very into dance hall reggae culture. He's a friend to Major Hype. He's a friend to Tony Maturon. So what happened is, you know, while Maturon is talking and saying to sell out this and that and blah, blah, blah verses, and, you know, he's not going to support it. You know, Major Hype was kind of, you know, he wasn't necessarily disagreeing with him. And he's trying to get his point across about how his gripe with the situation. So Swizz is aware of all this. So when he saw that Major Hype was in the event last night, he, he, you know, gave him a little nudge, you know, like I see you, you Twice. know, yeah, a couple of times. Yeah. 
So that's where that came from. This morning, as we're taping it, uh, Major Hype went on his live, and then he was he was kind of defensive. But you know, a few people went on his live. Uh, Super Twitch, you know, Uncle Twitch as they call him, you know, went and talked some sense into him. He said, "Look, you know, we're all family. You know, anybody who knows Twitch and Mataron, they're literally like brothers." So and that's what he said. So he said, "Look, I disagree with Mataron. I told Mataron to leave it alone. He won't." he's his own person you know what i'm saying and basically he told major hype like look i I see where you're coming from but sometimes you gotta just celebrate what it is you know what i'm saying it's a it's a momentous occasion and then finally switch came in you know and basically was commenting on major hypes uh live and then they actually hashed it out over live i mean it still looked a little tense but basically they went man to man and said and and major hype explained his point of view um, Swiss Beats explained his point of view where it's like, for him, it was the energy. You know what I'm saying? He was looking at two people talking about his event, seemingly putting it down. You know what I mean? Matron's definitely putting it down. Major Hype, it's, it's, it's more of a, I think Major Hype's issue is an internal issue within the reggae community or the Caribbean community because the same people and he's very upset and I see how he could be upset the same people who quote unquote wouldn't support him in certain areas of his endeavors were the ones sharing the versus event not only that the same people when certain people were saying certain things about him in like chat social media and stuff they were agreeing with the people look me personally I, I separate myself from a lot of that stuff but I can see how he would feel emotional about that. But at the end of the day, I think cooler heads prevail. You know what I'm saying? In a sense, I think that some people who have like a lot of more experience in the business came and, and spoke that what, what, you know, their, what they had to say. And yeah, I think the context is this is big for the culture. I think the other, the other argument that major hype has is definitely relevant. But what Twitch was saying is this might not be the time for that. And when he said that, Matron in the comments was like, yo, it's never it's never the wrong time to clot somebody. So <laughs> I think Matron is only clotting himself. Yeah, I mean, look, he's at a certain you know. point in his career where he's very I think he's he's very jaded. A lot a lot of those selectors from that era, I'm thinking about him, Trooper, you know what I'm saying, uh, feel a certain way because everything had to go through them. Now things aren't going through them, and they're dealing with that, that things are not going through them. That's, that's the nicest way I can put that. I mean, I, I agree with whoever said that it's not good timing, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Because it always makes you look bad. Everybody's celebrating a thing, and you're the only one that's, even though that might not have been your attention, in, intention, you know, you're disparaging the promotion and the event. Yeah. Basically, you know, that's like if you and me wanted to do a party and then somebody else is doing the party that we wanted to do or something bigger and better than what we wouldn't or could have been able to do. And we're, you know, we're upset with them. Yeah. Like that doesn't help. How does that help you? Well, I think... It never looks good. Yeah, I don't think Major Hype was doing that. I think that's why he was caught off guard by Swizz's comment. You know okay. what I'm saying? I Like, now that well, I know... Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. What he was saying, though, at the time that he was saying it, it doesn't well, matter. Yeah, like, it, it wasn't comes off... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it comes off like you're hating on the Mandem event, yo. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It's interesting that you say that. So another angle to this, remember, like, I'm glad you just brought that up. Because something happened that was about two decades ago that's sim- <laughs> similar to what happened last night. And it, it has <laughs> okay. to do exactly what you just said. So 
I can't remember. Was it 99 maybe in 98? I, I can't remember. It was sometime. Remember Chris Diamond Dubs? Yeah. Had an event in Atlanta and uh, they were bringing Poison Dart. Mm-hmm. I believe it was Poison Dart to Atlanta. And at the time, what, Super Dupes was on Poison Dart, right? Or this was before, no, it was a Black Chinese. Yeah, you must be talking about Black Chinese. It was Black Chinese. My bad. I believe Sorry. You're talking about Black yes, Chinese. they bring brought like Black Chinese. Black Chinese was just born. Yes, brand spanking new Black Chinese sound came to Atlanta because you know Chris from Diamond Dubs. You know he he saw the the talent. You know we saw the talent. Well, we didn't know of him because I remember he actually gave out. A mix CD. He gave out mix CDs that night, and and that that's the night I became a Black Chinese fan. But I think mm-hmm. it was Black Chinese and Poison Art. That's what it was. But anyway, yeah. I had put in some money because I was like, all right, you know, let me try to <laughs> invest in something that's gonna work, right? So it was a big time flop. I think only like fifty people came. You know, what I mean, something like that. All night, the same night at Club Legacy was Capleton. Mm-hmm. So we let, we were like, all right, man, we lost money, whatever. Might as well go check out Cableton. Saw the Cableton show was ram-packed, crazy energy. You know what I'm saying? I, I wasn't mad. Like, yo, I lost, I lost the G that night. I'm not going to lie to you. I lost the G of my, my, my uh, what is it, my student, <laughs> my, uh, my work study money. But anyway, mm. fast forward to last night now. I, I don't know if you know this. You probably did know this. Last night, Capleton. He had an oh, event. He had an event, which is a, a live pay- pay-per-view. A live, paper, live pay-per-view event. And I saw somebody post in one of the forums like, yo, who, who, who went to the Capleton <laughs> event? So it's just interesting. Uh, people are saying that Capleton should have, <clears throat> or the promoter, whoever it was, should have postponed the date when this versus thing came out, you know, which, right. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Not like you got plane tickets booked and venues and hotels and stuff <laughs> booked yeah. to do a live on your own website. Yeah. You could the do point, that anytime the you point, want. The point, point, the point zero, 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 one percent of bad mind in me felt vindicated for 20 years <laughs> before. <laughs> Cause yeah, he took our entire crowd. Yes. Yeah, I mean, it happens, but it's not, I, I don't think it's the same thing. No, nah, it's not the same thing, but I just saw a little, little connection there. I yeah, there's funny. a connection there, but you know, this is talking about, okay, so here's what I want to know, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Based off everything that you just put on the table. What I would want to know is who Major Hype was reaching out to, who he was going through, because I know that obviously, you know, I don't feel like Swiss Beats called up Beanie Man, let me just put it that way. You know what I mean? I don't think he called up Bounty Killer. Let me put it that way. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. You know, you got to go to the high enough echelon of whoever has the power and pulls the strings in that world to pull something like that off. Well, the only so thing- I don't know what Major Hype was doing, but I yeah. have a good feeling that Swizz, you know what I'm saying, through his connections, was able to go to the person that is able to make something like that happen. Yeah, and to tell you the truth, um, Major Hype never said who he reached out to. What he did confirm is that he never reached out to Beanie or Bounty or their people. So it wasn't even, you know, those two artists, like he still didn't have a beef with because he never even reached out to them. 
Um, yeah. So it's not like, oh, he asked them and then Swizz came and they said yes. You know, he, he confirmed that that never happened. So yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, the thing about Swizz also in his in his chat with Major Hype, he said, look, he literally was like, look, if you, you should have reached out to me if you're trying to do this. You know, you could have been a part of this. You know what I'm saying? Like, I guess Major didn't even think to, like, go that route. You know, I'm, that's, I guess, that was my point. Exactly. Right. Which, that is my point. Exactly. Which I think that's indicative of a lot of us where it's like we don't want to ask for help or we think, OK, that platform is there. Why would they even want to help me? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so that's a good point. And then and then also um, when when referring to Swizz's comment on, you know, the, the in the comments of the actual event, he, Major Hype was like, yo, you should have called me. He was like, I did try to call you. You, you were sleeping. Remember? And he was like, oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it was that it was that type of exchange to where it's like, look, I mean, Swizz, look, I believe I believe Swizz is an honorable person. I believe Major Hype is definitely an honorable person. I think that it's just a little bit of mixed signals in terms of like Major's hype. I mean, Major's gripe, I should say, versus this event. It just happened to bring that out. Like, like you said, I agree with you though. So there's a place and a time. Matron, right. on the other hand, I can't make Matron s- figosidong. I can't Matron make sense figue. of it. First of all, he, at least a, so. Here's how I know Major hype is 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 on the up and up. He actually went to the event and was or was in the room commented giving giving it you know giving forwards and like you know being very positive whereas mm-hmm. Mataron woke up this morning and was like oh I was sleeping I don't know what happened and then commenced to a five hour long Instagram live campaign press junket if you want to call it of just going live with different people of him saying this that and the other and then when he when he did go into major hypes live and was basically like yo Swiss I never had a problem with you like I, I don't know, man. And then, like, at some part in the morning, like, I, I was checking in a little bit, and people were sending me stuff, so I, I, I went and I checked it out. He was saying, like, yo, if somebody had offered for me to do something, I would have maybe done the early one, but I'm not going to go and mix down songs and play songs for artists. I was like, yo, I don't, I don't understand what sense. This doesn't make any sense. You know what I'm saying? He's just trying a bunch of different ways to justify his argument instead of saying, you know what, maybe I, maybe I, I shouldn't be talking about this stuff. Yeah, that, that's never going to happen. This is a classic narcissist here. That, yeah, man. <laughs> you know and what I'm saying? Not that the industry entertainment as a whole isn't filled with those type personalities. And, you know, it's kind of a place where it kind of fits. You know what I'm saying? So some people are, be, are able to be very functional within the community and successful with that and that's fine but Mataran at this point is past his prime what he can do now is go on the internet and talk yeah and that's what he's doing and he's trying to keep as much attention upon himself you know and he's been able to look i didn't even really want to talk about this for any length of time yeah, yeah. for that exact reason so as to not you know what i'm saying share the the um the the spotlight um mm-hmm. with him shine the spotlight on him when rightfully so like he doesn't deserve it you know yeah 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 i agree with you on that and like i said again like this wasn't like this gossipy thing like look these are 
These point to issues that we have internally as an industry. Hopefully they can work themselves out. That That's all I can say about that. You know, uh, Major Hype said he's not going to be doing any online classes anymore. Whether he does that or not, you know, that's definitely on him. You know what I mean? Like, it, yeah. was, it was definitely adding to people's experience during this, these, these difficult times, especially that, you know, I think he's still going to be playing music himself or he's going to be doing comedy stuff. So, you know, shout out to Major Hype. You know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't understand the exact situation earlier this week, but... You know, I, I give him a pass. You know what I'm saying? It's maybe not the right time, but I, don't, I think his heart is in the right place. Um, yeah. With that being said, another thing I want to talk about, you know, real quick that I mentioned to you, the, the whole streaming thing, you know, as it pertains to Jamaica and the Caribbean, real, real quick, you know, if, if you don't mind. Yeah, so as some of you may know, after each versus event, there are a few different places where you can get playlists of the songs that played. One of them is Tidal. Like Tidal's been uh, curating playlists of the versus events. And of course, Tidal's behind a play wall, a paywall, excuse me. You know, you have to pay for Tidal. So one, another place that you can go is um, Spotify. So Spotify posted that you can, you can get a playlist of last night's verses and somebody from Jamaica basically was like, they don't agree with it because Spotify is not available in Jamaica. You know what I'm saying? So they had a problem with Spotify, quote unquote, capitalizing on the event where it's not available for Jamaicans to hear it. Now, as you and I both know, we've mentioned this multiple times during this season that there are certain streaming services that are not in the Caribbean and not in, in Jamaica. Apple recently went there. Mm-hmm. That's that's one channel that's just opened up. And so it was kind of, there's two sides to this. I know we concentrated on the copyright stuff, but somebody that I was speaking to about it kind of like forced forced the subject a little bit and said that doesn't quite make sense. And I thought about when I post music on different services, basically they ask you if you have the rights to the copyright. You know what I'm saying? It's not like, you know, they're, they're, they're going through and checking everybody's copyright information. They ask you if you have the right, you're allowed to upload it until <clears throat> a claim is made, you know, to, um, to counteract your claim, your copyright claim. So yeah, it didn't, it didn't quite make sense to me. So then this person, um, I'm not going to mention his name, reached out to somebody who, and I'm not going to mention their name either. Somebody who's very prominent in the reggae industry. He's a, a Jamaican. He's a producer, singer, writer. He has credits on many, many different albums, including some big artists, international artists. So basically um, I'm just going to read this real quick because this, illuminated something about why uh, companies like Spotify are not in Jamaica as of now. Licenses need to be done for performance and mechanical. So performance and mechanical rights are just different types of rights you have to play or perform that song or if it can be heard on radio or licensed out. Um, Now that streams count towards sales, if there isn't a system set up in specific country to keep track of that then Spotify would have to extend their resources to do it for them, which would make it less profitable for Spotify. Uh, Each country has their own performance and mechanical rights organizations to do it. Jamaica has the G-A-C-A-P, J-A-CAP. They just need to go uh, to get the J-A-CAP 
system up to speed so Spotify can pull up and do what they do. So basically what, what this says to me is he's talking about PROs, performance rights organizations. Now, if anybody's had anything to do with music, they know, you know, there's ASCAP, there's uh, uh, BM, BMI, right? Yeah. You know, a few different ones. And what they do is they collect royalties for any type of performance, whether it be, you know, musically or, or otherwise, you know, um, if a radio station plays it, if a TV show plays it, you know, you know, they collect royalties for you. So now in each region of the world, country or region, they have these performance rights organizations that collect royalties for artists. And basically what this person is saying is the, the PRO, the performance rights organization in Jamaica is not industry standard right now. They cannot legitimately collect royalties or keep track of royalties. So a company like Spotify doesn't see their investment is a liability if they went to Jamaica because they could potentially have to put in infrastructure just to be able to be on the right side of the law. So they just say, I'm not going to do it because, you know, there's a lot of liability there. There's a lot of investment there where who's to say that, you know, how many ever people in Jamaica actually use their service. You know what I mean? So it's a very complicated thing. I think that added a little bit more light to it. You know, we had referred to it a few different times in this season. So there goes the hiccup. So I don't necessarily blame Spotify. You know, they're a business. Um, it's yeah. what it seems like is, you know, maybe the the artistic community or something need to like really engage uh, JCAP um, in order to get them, you know, they, they need funding, you know, it's, you know, yeah, they yeah. need something. It's they, I'm sure they need funding, but it sounds infrastructure, like technology. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like they need, um, they need some improvements to be made without that. It's going to hold back. Right. The, the entire industry. And you know what I'm saying, because and it's, that's a key part of the industry right there. Right. Everything harbors on artists being able to, monetize their you know their efforts the only thing i could think of as well is maybe if there was some type of situation where they're to make a deal with a bigger pro you know what i'm saying because ascap and bmi like they're they're global it's not like they're just in america you know what i mean so um I don't know. I don't know what would have to happen. I, I guess maybe we should reach out to the person who answered this question. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll talk about that offline. That would be a very interesting guest um, because that's the most illumination that I've gotten on the subject outside of, I guess, anecdotal information. Right. Right. And, and then I remember that, um, you know, Kwasi, his contribution to the show when he was a guest on a couple of episodes earlier after the Jamaica Music Conference when he was breaking down how the um you know split sheets and things like that yep. in terms of the paperwork and documentation was also far behind um if not just lacking altogether with a lot of the recording that takes place in Jamaica so those are like two parts of the same problem there yeah. you know what i mean yeah um, that adds so up. yeah exactly so there's definitely some work to be done there yeah, man, I'm glad I was I was able to get that answer. Now I can kind of go down that path a little bit. For sure, sure. What have we learned this episode? I learned that an internet performance can be transformative. I learned that though we are making advances and strides in certain areas, 
such as a 100% African-American platform such as Versus TV, headed up by Swiss Beats and Timbaland, can reach out to Jamaica and thereby reach out to so many of us around the diaspora and present unity in a beautiful way. In the midst of that, we see dissension from Jamaica as well, from some of its biggest and brightest stars. You know, when you would hope that we could unite and be stronger as, you know, a united front, there's always going to be, there's always going to be haters in the camps and separatists. And, you know, this is something that goes, it's another part of the same problem. And when we talk about being able to reach to higher heights with the music, this is the last episode of this season. So I want to personally thank every listener, everybody who's interacted with any of our content online listen to the shows thank you you know from the bottom of our heart (laughs) you know i'm saying it's been great thanks for continuing to listen to the show at just you know record-breaking pace and you know i'm saying we're going to be enjoying like some of the hot weather that's being presented to us now praise ja and it's quarantine still so we're going to continue to be safe you know and we hope that you do the same. Love to all the families out there listening in. We're going to be back in a few weeks with brand new live content. Over the next few weeks, you're going to get some awesome curated content. So definitely tune in each and every Monday. Yeah, and all I want to say is, yo, thank you. It's been a, it's been an amazing season. You know, I'm getting used to this thing. <laughs> You know, um, yeah, shout out to everybody who's supported us. Shout out to everybody who's listening. You know what I'm saying? As we grow, you know, we definitely want to engage you guys, you know, more and more. So watch watch out. New content on the way. I'm saying so. Yeah, man. Have a great summer. Yeah, man. Peace. One love. For booking of Highlander Sound, 404-552-0492 or email reggaeloverpodcast at gmail.com. Visit Highlander Sound on the web at reggaelover.com. Follow at H-I-G-H-L-A-N-D-A on Twitter. Follow at K-A-H-L-I-L-W-O-N-D-A on Instagram. And like facebook.com slash Highlander Music for more information. So let's take a break to talk about one of our great sponsors. I tell you what, I was listening to an audio book about Bob Marley on Audible entitled So Much Things to Say. Mm-hmm. It's an oral history written and performed by Roger Steffens. He spent time down in Jamaica interviewing everybody, including Marley and everybody that was around him. So I'm talking Rita Marley, Skill Cole film crews that were down filming him, you know, all the members of the Whalers. He's having these conversations in these interviews that he also collected while he was doing the radio shows. He put all this information into a book. What's so great about it is it, it just immerses you into the experience, quoting Peter Bunny, the incidents that happened with Bob getting shot, the concert when he brings the two political leaders on stage. And so you really get the excitement, the energy of what is going on. That book right there, I strongly recommend it to any reggae lover, anybody that's into Bob Marley, and we have a special deal. Go to Audible and get a free book, free trial of Audible. Visit audibletrial.com slash reggae lover. 
And there you can grab a free copy of this book. And the reason why I like Audible is because I like to learn new things, but sometimes I don't have time to read a book. I don't have time to sit there and leaf through the pages because I got work to do. So I like to listen to books in the car, if I'm riding a bike, just taking a walk in the neighborhood. There's so many different ways that you can actually learn new information or be entertained. You know, me personally, I like nonfiction. I like biographical stuff. So Audible is a great tool to use in order to take in that information and still go along with your day. Audible, they have the best narrators. You know, you're able to keep where you're at in the book. It's a very convenient way to take in new information and be entertained. Visit audibletrial.com slash reggae lover. So much things to say. The title by Roger Steffens, Oral History of Bob Marley.